Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. <laughs> Tommy, Ocean Chinook or Puget Sound Coho, what is your palate favorite? And you drop yeah. that kokanee on top of that barn door halibut's head, 67 feet of water, and he was not happy about that. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Boxers or briefs? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a European cut speedo. Fantastic. Excellent choice. I yeah. love tuna. I do love tuna. Heck yeah! <laughs> hey, you know, I have a buddy who refers to Canadian geese as flying carp. Obviously, he's not cooking them. <laughs> he clearly, right? Oh, ocean shook. Seriously? Hands down. Really? Hands down. I don't fish for coho. Ah, good point. Hey, speaking of grind, can you tell the difference between ground deer and ground elk? Honestly, taste the difference. You know, Dwayne, we only get one chance to live this life. Mm-hmm. And you will always regret the things that you don't do. So you know what I tell people? Buy the damn boat. Hey, you know, the facts are some days are just a grind. Welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, the number one fishing and hunting talk show throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Now here's your host, Dwayne England, and of course, the infamous Tommy Donlan. Hello and welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest. Dwayne England, Tommy Donlan, coming to you live right here from the Fish Hunt Northwest studio located at Summit Lake here in Olympia, Washington. <clears throat> Clear that out. Uh, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing excellent, man. Yeah. Halibut fishing's been picking up, getting a little better and a little better, mm-hmm. you know, and life is good. Life is good when you're on the water and when you're Mr. Consistent. We are going to get into that a little later in the show. Some great info coming at you. we got a whole ton. Once again, Thomas, great info coming tonight. Lots of fisheries to cover. Yep. Lots going on. It's that time of year where you're just kind of like, well, should Do I, I go here? Do I go there? What do you do? Well, Salt we, water, fresh water? Yeah. Yeah. Got some options, and uh, a lot of things are happening. So so glad you could join us this, uh, this evening here. Uh, Check out, take some time, please, if you're also joining us here on Root Sports, take some time, check out our webpage if you have not, www.fishhuntnw.com. And uh, there you're going to find a couple coupons that you definitely want to take advantage of. Uh, FHN20 for Edge Rods, coupon at checkout, FHN20. You can save 20% on all Edge Rods all the time. Uh, if they're not previously under another special or event, anything like that. So definitely check them out. Uh, that runs year long. And why wouldn't you want an edge rod in your hand? They're the best rods out there. Also, Phelps Game Calls. Phelps Game Calls Fish Hunt NW10 at checkout. You're going to save 10% on all Phelps calls, Tommy. And now we're, you know, past turkey season, but we got a lot of other things going mm-hmm. on. Predator mm-hmm. hunting, and we got For sure. you know, elk season coming up and all those things. So I, I do got to say, those edge rods, you know, that I, I've been working with all their halibut rods, yeah. and I just, they're really growing on me more and more. At first, I was a little concerned that the tip was maybe too soft, mm-hmm. but after, you know, catching some fish, and, you know, some of those fish that we've caught were barely hooked. Yeah. And so it really pays to have that soft tip when you're trying to land every single halibut that you hook. And yeah. so I'm loving them. You've talked about the yeah. performance of those once you got out on the water and started actually applying them to the fishery. And you're like, yep. these things are these fantastic, are the ones. right? Yeah. You heard me rave about the slow pitch rods yep. that, you know, we picked up and I've been using for, for jigging for Chinook and Puget mm-hmm. Sound. Uh, bobber and egg rod that I use, fantastic. The kokanee rods. It's kind of even a switch rod used it last year for summer on steelhead fishing, mm-hmm. divers and, and bait. And I'm telling you, 
If you want to have a one heck of a great time, you land a, a hot summer run on a, on a coconut rod that's rated 6 to 15. Heck yeah. Eight foot one piece rod, you're in for uh, an, an experience that you can't match with any other right. fishing rod. So the wide variety, the new steelhead lineup, they got so much going on. And we'll continue to talk about them and all the different fisheries that Tommy and I use mm -hmm. uh, edge fishing rods and have application for. Because there's just too many options. And of course, well, you and I take advantage of pretty much every fishery on the planet that we, do. we can, right? So, we do. Uh, yeah, check them out. Go to their website uh, and, and, and save 20% through uh, Fish on Northwest. All right, um, running down the show, and we'll get back to uh, other things coming up here because we're, uh, we're, we're pushing it along here. Uh, running down the show, hey, our buddy Matt Messing, Tommy, has been out there in uh, Area 10, uh, messing around fishing charters. He's not just a videographer editor uh, anymore. He's also actually a charter captain, been crushing it on the resident coho. Matt's going to join us. Give you a full report uh tommy you are back in the bait lab tonight it's almost ocean chinook time and are you ready tommy will make sure you are make sure you pay attention uh we got some updates more salmon talk why not aries 11 and 13 performing pretty well and we got some updated information you're going to want to hear uh new guest to the show tonight tommy joey walton out of idaho real-time fishing uh dwarf shack smallmouth they grow them big over there you can book a trip with Joey and experience the madness. This is pretty impressive. Also, hey, struggling to catch those halibut uh, this season. For some, it's been pretty tough. Mr. Consistent, sitting here to my immediate right, our very own Tommy Donlin will give you the keys to success. And then as we close out the show, as we do uh, each and most every week, we're going to run down a number of openings and closings and things going on because uh, there's just too many things to pay attention to. And sometimes it gets lost in in the shuffle without you know? a doubt there's without just a doubt. way too much going on so we'll remind you about the fish expo coming up here uh later on in the show uh we want to make sure we remind all, everybody to come join us there it's going to be a great event so we'll make sure you have all the information to get uh, get you there uh yeah all right with that we got so much going on we're going to bounce on out of here for a quick break so don't go anywhere we'll be back right here with matt messing fish on northwest Defiance Marine is the one-stop shop for the Pacific Northwest Angler. Defiance Marine guarantees the best price on a new and best service on a repower for your current boat. Defiance Marine is a Honda Premier dealership and one of the largest on the West Coast. Defiance Marine is a boat dealer who proudly sells Defiance, Allied, and Arima boats. All boats are built by West Coast fishermen for West Coast fishermen. Defiance Marine has all your boating needs to help you get out on the water. If you're looking for the best fishing rods in the world, you really do need to take a look at the edge rods. I designed and built new machinery, and I think this new machinery has enabled us to build blanks like no other company could build without this equipment. There is no other rods in the world that are as good as these rods. You owe it to yourself to take a good look at them. Hey, welcome back to the show, uh, Dwayne and Tommy Donlin. And you see that, Tommy? My pen just exploded right here. Uh -huh. set yeah, that the equipment thing. failure. Crying out loud. This is Always a struggle. This falling off the rails here. Hey, what's not falling off the rails? Uh, our buddy, Matt Messing, Messing Around Fishing Charters, uh, www.messingaroundfishingcharters.com. Did I get that right? I can't remember if it's com or org, something like that. Anyway, yeah. yep, joining us tonight. Buddy, you've been up there, Area 10, your home waters, and getting after those uh, resident coho. Um, how's the season started off so far? It looks pretty darn good. 
It's been a good start, man. These uh, the fish have been pretty cooperative. Hey, how are you finding these fish, Matt? I mean, are you finding them on your Raymarine sonar? Or is it just kind of like they they show up out of nowhere? You marking them deep, shallow? Talk to us a little bit. Uh, opening day, you know, they were they were hanging out around seventy feet was kind of our lucky numbers. Uh, last week or so, it's been you know thirty five, twenty five, fifty, kind of been the numbers. Uh, marking a few here and there. Um, honestly, a lot of sight fishing. Uh, the, the kind of nothing's going on. You'll start seeing them jumping, jumping, jumping. The bite kind of turns on, goes on for a little while, then they all calm down, hmm. and then you kind of not don't see them anymore. So I, I've been doing a lot of sight fishing, jumpers farm. I like yeah. it. That's interesting. Yeah. What, uh, let's talk about profile and size of presentation using a lot of, uh, silver horde spoon size two or smaller, maybe the ace high fly juniors, you know, are you trying to match that krill presence in the water, the small herring that we find in Puget Sound this time of year, what's kind of the go-to even talk uh, flasher or dodger size or whatever you're putting out there for them. Yeah. So, uh, right now kind of smaller presentations are working better. Um, not really finding those big krill lines like we normally have. So I mm-hmm. think they're kind of targeting the little, little smaller herring and whatnot. So yeah, the, you know, two inch herring aid, uh, you know, always a good go-to, uh, using 11 inch flashers and then also got that, uh, that silver horde herring aid dodger that, uh, I think it's a six inch dodger. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been working really good running on that third downrigger. And then, uh, yeah, you know, the little hoochies with some little twinkle skirts in there, little herring topper, been working pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, you know, red label herring. I, I've got some green labels I've been running lately. They, they get touched occasionally, but uh, the red labels are, are working a lot better. Mm-hmm. They like that smaller bait. Right. Hey, so you know, Matt, that Dwayne and I absolutely love scent. <laughs> yes, we do. Potsky's fire gels are go-to. In mm-hmm. fact, uh, I hide my gear when Dwayne comes on my boat because I know he's going to put it on like baby oil in massage parlor. <laughs> That's right. Okay. But I want to know, what scent are you using? What do you like? What's your go-to for this fishery? Uh, Potsky's fire gel herring right now herring, is okay. what I've got on everything. And, it, uh, and it's absolutely lighting things up for me. Fantastic. Hey, talk real quickly. Uh, you talked about size of presentation, and you mentioned you're using 11 inch flashers and uh, the smaller 8 inch uh, silver horde uh, dodger. Is there a difference in your leader length when you're using that rotating 360 flasher versus that small dodger and the action that it puts on? So, what's your leader length on those presentations? So, for any of the spoons right now, all I'm, all I'm going to say is longer the better. Mm. That's so I'm, I'm pulling, that's I'm it. pulling about it. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. 36 <laughs> inches, 42. I mean, we're running small. Uh, are we talking, are we a, a Canadian leader length of nine feet or what's right. going on here? Yeah. Are we yeah I'm talking about a, a wingspan, you know, a wingspan. I don't put a tape measure on any of this stuff. This is true. Okay. I've been on your boat. Yeah. Okay. It's a, man. Let's yeah. see. what. And, it's and a wingspan. Yeah. I'm six foot. Yeah. So he's got a, he's got a six foot uh, leader going out the back of that thing. At least a good solid five. So. Uh, hey, yeah, talk about it, it's probably pushing five. Yeah. Okay. okay. Talk okay. about the size of these fish this year. Uh, you think you know pretty healthy, average. I mean, you think they're getting plenty of feed. They got uh, they got some good fat to them. How how they look? Yeah, I, I call them. It's our average resident coho. Uh, they're pretty healthy. They've got some good size to them. You know, they're gonna. I think they're gonna get bigger. You know, a couple little dinks here and there, but for the most part, I mean, they're they're all around that. You know, three pound almost. You know, 20 to 21 inches. They're, they're pretty good fish. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's hard to beat for a resident coho that's, you know, just in our backyard, right? Oh, man. And that's the thing to remember. So you got, I mean, a lot of days, honestly, it's flat, calm water, especially relative to the ocean, right? It's always how I compare it. But, I mean, it's a really a great fishery, especially how good the fishing is right now yeah. to get the family out there. Yes. And I know, Matt, you guys are going to be chasing these things uh, until the Schnooks show up. Um, how do people get a hold of you and book a trip? Yeah, you know, give me a call, uh, 360-621-2681, um, or you can check out the website. I've got a book now button. Uh, just find a date that works for you and sign up. Perfect. Tommy mentioned it. You'll be running them right up until you get into Chinook. Are you guys, uh, you're not fishing real deep for these coho. Are you bumping any Chinook right now up there in the suspended column, or uh, is it pretty much just all coho all the time? It's a coho game. Uh, when we were running about 70, I think we, we, we got into one decent blackmouth. You know, okay. it was a nice little line puller. Yeah. But uh, for, for the most part, you know, we're staying away from those Chinook as best as possible. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, uh, yeah we don't, don't have too many encounters going yeah. on at all. That's yeah, you, you keep it up in that, oh, it that is. 50 foot yeah. and up range, you're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. We would uh, encourage folks to do the same, follow your lead on that and try to stay off the Chinook. Don't drop deep because them fish are definitely suspended up. So, Always a pleasure, my friend, and looking forward to tomorrow. We'll be on the water out of Westport chasing some deep water lings. Got a great crew uh, put together to get out there with Ben Overmars, and we're going to have a blast. So looking forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, get a good night's rest. You're going to need it. You got a you got a camera duties tomorrow. <laughs> I got more work. Yeah, got more it'll work. be good. <laughs> right on. All right, Matt Messing. All right, I'll see you guys when yep, you get here. You got All it. Right. Matt Messing, mess All around, right. fishing charters. Look him up. He's fishing uh, Area 10 predominantly out of Brownsville. Just a great dude to be on the water with. He's going to get you into the fish. Okay, don't go anywhere. Jump it out for a quick break. We come back. Tommy, you're on deck. Game time. Yep. In the bait lab. Ocean Chinook season opens soon. You're going to want to pay attention to this. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right here at Fish on Northwest. Allied, the new leader in heavy gauge aluminum boats. Allied boats have standard reverse china and lifting rakes to help you plane faster and run at lower RPMs. Allied boats have several models to choose from, ranging from a 19-foot Mustang all the way up to a 32-foot Liberator. So regardless of what type of heavy-gauge aluminum boats you are looking for, Allied Boats will have it for you. Contact Allied Boats today to learn more about these incredible fishing machines. Sportco and Outdoor Emporium is the largest local outfitter in the Northwest since 1975, providing thousands of people affordable outdoor gear. This summer, make your next outdoor adventure more affordable by shopping at our warehouse-style pricing. We are a local Scotty dealer, offering sales, service, and repair. Located in Fife and Seattle, come visit us today. The outdoors await you. Hey, welcome back to Fish on Northwest. I'm Tommy Donlin, and we're in my favorite place, the Bait Lab. And this is brought to you by Sportco and Outdoor Emporium. All right. Ocean salmon fishing is upon us. Puget Sound salmon fishing is almost upon us. We got another week here, really. And that first opener is out of Nia Bay and Lynch, uh, June 17th. And then Westport follows and one as well. So tonight's Bay Lab is really focused on very simple. My top three lures, right? And tonight is all about lures. We're going to come back in another Bay Lab and talk specifically about bait. But really what I want to cover right now is that if I'm leaving the dock, and you told me, Tommy, you can only have three lures, okay? And that's it. That's all you can have. You got to go out and get your limit of, of full summer schnook salmon. Which lures are you going to pick? 
That's what we're gonna cover right now. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna start off with number three, okay? Number three being this beautiful uh, Silver Horde Ace High Fly Plug. And again, you know, there's a couple different models and you're gonna notice that this one's got a lip on the top. And that is your high and that's what I run predominantly because in ocean salmon fishing, we do run a little bit hotter. Now, when we think about plugs, and the reason I love plugs so much is they're so simple to run, right? You just put it 40 feet behind the boat, attach it to the downward clip, and you're fishing. You don't have to wonder about any part of the equation. Is my leader length too long, too short? Is it working? Is it not working? It's always working. That's it. You can take some tight a lot in staff. You can run on both riggers. You can take a tight turn. There's no flasher in front of this, right? And so it's really, it's really idiot proof and anybody can run them. Now I want to talk, I'm going to put it back down on the table. I want to talk a little bit about this specific plug in this color. So this is a, a UV and kind of, it's got that pearl color. And then on top of it, it's got glow, right? And when I'm fishing um, ocean salmon, a lot of times I'm fishing deep. So it could be 300 or 400 feet, believe it or not, on the downrigger. So I cover a lot of water column. And I like to have these different colors all represented within the plug. Got to have something that glows, something that has UV. And then the pearl on this one is just absolutely magnificent. So this is my go-to for, that's my number three. Okay, number three. Okay, number two. Number two. Can't leave home without this one either. This is your Ace High Fly. The standard side Ace High Fly will go to the board here. And I'm going to show you this one. And I picked this color specifically because this one's tried and true. This is the Chartreuse Glow Ace High Fly. And um, just an absolutely awesome lure. It's got all the glow properties. It's got this Mylar skirt that's really light reflective in it. And then what I do is I love to rig these with Maxima. And again, Maxima is just one of those lines that, you know, for the pound test that you see, it says 40, but it fishes more like 60, right? It's a pretty heavy line. And you want a heavy line when you're trolling a lure that doesn't have action, because you're gonna put it behind your, down, behind your flasher right? And the flasher creates that wounded bait look for you. So that's why you've got to have the right leader length. And I highly recommend kind of that 30 to 40 inch range for the ocean. And then as you get into the sound, you can kind of lengthen that out a little bit and go 40 to 48, even up to 52. So kind of keep that in mind as you play with your leader lengths, it does make a difference. But ocean schnook are aggressive and they're gonna hit it, especially when you have that shorter length. The other thing that I'll mention is I love to rig these with your five odd owner SSW. Love these hooks, don't forget to pinch the barbs. And when I do rig them, and we'll cover this in a later bait lab, I love that trail hook sticking out behind the skirt to address any short biters whatsoever. Okay, that's number two. We're gonna go to number one, okay? Number one is special. It's always been my number one since the day it came out. And this is the Silver Horde Kingfisher Ultralight, or excuse me, Light Kingfisher. This is a four inch and this is my absolutely favorite color. It is Irish cream. You cannot beat, absolutely cannot beat this color. And I wanna show you a couple things about this spoon that make it really special. So on, on this side, again, you're gonna see you've got that pearl, you've got this Mylar uh, sticker kind of on this side. And then if you go to the other side, you've got that double glow on the back, okay? Again, you can kind of figure out what my criteria is here. I want the pearl and the UV, but I also want the glow, right? So when I look at lures, basically that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for lures that are gonna be able to see at depth, 
especially given uh, the depth that I fish. Now, this is definitely hands down my number one producer, puts more kings on the boat than any other lure that I ever fish. And of course I fish them a lot because they're so effective, but that's why it's my number one. Okay, now I wanna talk a little bit about scent. Now, you know, we talked about Potsky's fire gel and I think you, you all know that by now, but I apply scent to these lures differently. So I wanna kinda come back to the board here, get into the details and show you just this one last thing. Okay, so right here, I've got the shrimp. This is the Potsky's fire gel shrimp. This is probably my number one just because of the heavy krill presence in this, in this fire gel. And when you look at an ace high fly, I don't want anything on the skirt. I want the skirt to be natural. I want it to pulsate. I want it to be vibrant. I always put it on the head. That's it, okay? That's it, just on the head. When I go to my spoon, right? I'm not rubbing it up and down the entire spoon. I wanna maintain the color and the visual that this spoon puts off. I flip it over and on the concave side, just towards the tail, I just put some back here. That's it, okay? Come to the plug. I want the salmon to see the entire color of the plug. Even if fish sees it below them, it's unlikely, it doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen because I see it on my Raymarine sonar and sometimes they do go down. And so I'm always putting it just on. That's it, okay? And a little bit goes a long way. Fire gel is super powerful awesome scent all right that's my top three don't go anywhere we're going to be right back here at fish hunt northwest after the short break support from northwest sportsmen make federal ammunition the world's leading ammunition manufacturer federal uses the industry's finest materials giving you reliable ammunition that delivers superb accuracy and optimum performance Northwest hunters rely on Sportco to provide the best selection and prices in the Northwest since 1985. Sportco and Outdoor Emporium in Fife and Seattle. Your journey begins here. All right, welcome back here in studio. Dwayne England, Tommy Dolan. Nicely done. Thanks, sir. Top three, I like it. Yep, don't leave the dock without them. Uh, speaking of salmon, Thomas, uh, I did hit Area 13 mm -hmm. yesterday, by the way. Yeah. Uh, huge tides yesterday today just as an example i mean we got a we got a uh two, 12 12.2 on the incoming a mm -hmm. minus 3.2 3.5 on the on the on the algo so that is a uh that's a big tide swing yeah you it can, is you can see those numbers that uh, indicates we got a lot of water moving so what does that equate to when you're fishing well when you're jigging and you're moving with it and you're not trying to troll with it or against it like if I'm in, in what I marked on my sonars, you know, we're, we're free drifting along. I mean, at the height of that tide when it was flowing out and raging. Uh, and again, depending on where you're fishing around island points and if your mm -hmm. channel's narrower, you're going to have more current rushing right. through, right? Right. If you got a wider area, it's not moving so fast. But right. that area we're at, we're cruising along at 3.5, you know, so yeah. uh, little to no wind, which is great for jigging, right? But uh, that current's moving. you got to adjust the boat and try to, try to stay right. on top of it and stay vertical. Uh, you're covering some ground, and what I realized also on these huge swings, tons of debris, man. So much stuff, and I've seen this before. It looked like a rice field out there. So much green yeah. matter floating on top yeah. of the water, seaweed and growth, and yeah. just and logs and stumps. And you got to be careful. You know, do not leave right. in the darkness. Do not return in the darkness because there's far too much debris on the water. But did, did you play with your jig weight at all, or maybe trying to use autopilot to keep the boat kind of in a in a spot? Or no, it, it wasn't. 
it wasn't like unmanageable, bumping the motor okay. once in a while and stuff. The jigging was was performing pretty well, and okay. uh, I'm just sticking with the 3.5 rim reefer. And we're, you know, we uh, we did hook into four or five fish, a couple sublegals, yeah. lost a really good fish, and then I lost a really good fish to a dog on sea lion. Really ticked me off. Matter of fact, the first yeah. sublegal I got, I hoisted up under the boat just because the seal about grabbed it right right at the side of the boat. I saw it, so I just yeah. I just <laughs> Jack pulled Jack that. pulled that thing yeah. into the boat to let it go, but. Um, you know the 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 seal, the harbor seal, the gray seal presence out there is is growing. It's vicious, and it's very uh, frustrating. I lost one of my best jigs, but fortunately, the boys at Father and Sons are sending me some more. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, seven or eight years ago, the uh, the harbor seal and gray seal population was two and a half times mm -hmm. uh, what what the Puget Sound can support. So I can only imagine what it is now. Yeah, uh, it's it's too much. It's completely out of control. Yeah. So yeah, I lost a really good fish, lost a decent uh, jig, but hmm. uh, you know, weather uh, weather looks great going into this weekend. I checked my wind forecast. Wind is not, you know, minimal to nothing. Uh, the tide is really settling down. We're going to have a much mm -hmm. smaller tide shift in this. There's my wind that I look for on my Windy app. You look at that and uh, look at the time of day at the top, and you look at those winds and wind gusts, all very conducive to getting out there and getting some fish. So we'll see if this uh, next coming tide structure doesn't give us a little more opportunity. And uh, we're still catching fish in Area 11. Yeah. No, Area 11 has just been, I mean, it, it started on fire. Slowed down a little bit, but I mean, Everybody in their dog, and thanks guys for sending me pictures when I was at work <laughs> yeah, and exactly. couldn't fish. Yep, uh, made me a little jealous, but yep. um, we're at 55% of the quota, so not bad. And all indicators are that we're going to be able to fish through this weekend. Yeah, how about that? And so, which is pretty phenomenal because as soon as I started seeing those reports come in, I'm like, this this is not going to last. You long. and I said last week yep. on the opener, it's like yep. we're not even going to get through this this first weekend. Right, right? But, but we did. We did, yeah, and we've seen a lot of quality fish too, and I think that's the key there is you're, you're catching fish, the fish that you catch are quality, and uh, therefore you're catching the fish you're supposed to be catching, Absolutely. and that's why the quota is still available. 100%. Okay, yep. that's going to do it for us, first half of the show here on Root Sports. If you're tuning in live on the live stream this evening, stay tuned. Second half of the show coming up right after this break. Hey, guys, I'm Big Mike. Come on down to the Edge Pro Shop and see me. We've got all the best brands under one roof. We've got Hawkin, Procure, Short Bus, Pro Troll, Yakima Bait, Get Them Dry Jigs, Northwest Bait Scent, Daiwa Reels, North Fork Lures, North Wild, Brad's, Superfly, Rocky Mountain Tackle, and of course, the greatest rods ever built, Edge Rods. Hey, welcome back to the show. Dwayne and Tommy Donlin, and second half of the show, and with all this madness, all this fishery we got going on, Tommy, all these yeah. shiny silver fish, we're talking <laughs> Puget Sound, in the rivers, chasing springers. You know, we talked to Shane Magnuson on the upper stretch of the Columbia, yep. chasing springers. We're talking to Kyle Bushelman down in Oregon, you know, out mm -hmm. there on the coastal fisheries. And there's just, you know, chrome and shiny fish everywhere. Uh, for crying out loud, we're talking Puget Sound. You just talked about, the, you know, the anticipated ocean opener. Yeah. We're going to take a pause on that, right? We're going to jump over to Idaho. We're going to actually talk a little something here called smallmouth. You ever That's right. One? I have, I have. I caught a few in uh, South Dakota. There's a lot of, of fun with this smallmouth. They got a ton of them here in the backyard in the lake, but they're a bunch of dinks because there's too many of them, uh, and they eat all my kokanee. But that, that's besides the point. Joey Walton, first time to the show, professional guide at Real Time Fishing, joining us uh, tonight to talk a little bit about uh, Dwarshack Reservoir smallmouth. And uh, Joey, welcome to the show. Glad you could join us. 
Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks yeah, for having me. Absolutely. For those not familiar with uh, where uh, Dorshack is actually located, give us a little uh, give us a little geography lesson of where we can find said reservoir. Yeah, so it's um, 45 minutes east of Lewiston in a little town called Orfino, Idaho. Mm -hmm. So uh, basically, it's just a dam that blocked off the North Fork River and uh, produced some of the best smallmouth fishing in the country. Mm -hmm. So pretty, pretty exciting stuff. Awesome. So what is the smallmouth program this time of year? So what, and really what I'm asking is what controls their spawn? Is it, you know, is it pre-spawn right now, post-spawn right now? How far are we into it and is it is it all driven by water temperature purely water temperature and and if so what temperature are you looking for yeah so um right now we're kind of in all phases of of the uh i guess spring spawn whatever you want to call um the northern or the northern part of the lake everybody thinks that it warms up a lot faster you know uh conventionally in other lakes and stuff like that it warms up a lot faster but actually the south yeah hey joey you're uh, down our, our feed's right kind of now freezing the up on you. Do, you there yeah our feed is kind of free there you go can you hear me yeah now we got yep, you we got yeah. you yeah we just it kind of locked up oh. on us for a second got me all right yeah am i a little unstable here it says i'm unstable uh, you might be unstable. We don't know you that well, but uh, <laughs> we haven't talked to your other half. Yeah, so, so not we quite haven't figured sure. that out yet. Let's, uh, hey man, just keep plugging along. You know, we'll see if we can't get through this. No worries. Cool. Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, down down on the lower end of the lake, we're looking at post spawn conditions right now. And then mm -hmm. as you, the farther that you go up the lake, uh, the water cools a little bit just because of the you know the runoff coming in from the river, and. As you get up, you can find spawners and creeks. Uh, the farther you go up, obviously you'll get into pre-spawn as you get into the river. The water's still about 53 to 55 degrees up there. So it's still pre-spawn and they're still feeding pretty good up there. Uh, it, it's weather dependent and day dependent. Um, but other than that, yeah, you can pretty much, whatever you want to do on the lake right now, um, it's it's up to you. I mean, you could go for post-spawn, you can go for pre-spawn, you can go for spawners. So it's a pretty cool deal right now. So it sounds I, think like, probably... I was going to say, it sounds oh. like you're able to find them either in deep water, shallow water, varying temperatures, and like you said, all different yep. phases of the spawn, right? Yep, all phases of spawn, deep water. I mean, you can still find them dirt shallow. You can find them suspended. Mm. Um, you can find them on beds if you're in the right areas. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty cool right now. It's pretty special. Nice. Hey, so I got to know your electronics game. Are you even marking these fish at all, or is it mostly you're fishing away from your vessel? Uh, I don't even, I don't mark fish anymore on okay. my lake. No. Yeah, um, that's kind of what I, I figured. Yeah, I basically just go to high probability areas. Um, as the water comes up, the fish move a lot. So you're, you're kind of looking, that, that's what helps when you come to the place when the water's really far down, you can find a, kind of find that offshore structure that you're looking for. So when the water comes up, you kind of know what to fish for and what you're really looking for. And there's little hidden gems under the water everywhere right now. So you yeah. find the right ones, they're, they're there. Let's talk a little bit about presentation and kind of your approach. If you're in the shallows targeting fish, maybe give us some idea or insight as to what you should be pitching at them. Those suspended fish you're talking about, you know, what are you kind of dropping down to them? And or if you're 
getting down off some drop-off ledges and some structure, what might you present to those fish? Just give us a couple examples of some go-tos. Right. Um, so it, shallow, you can't go wrong with the jerkbait all year round. Uh, jerkbait's kind of a staple on the boat that should always be on a boat if you're fishing on Dorshek. Um, you know, it's a very heavy bait-driven lake, so uh, they're chasing kokanee around, and they're, they're fast chasers. So they like that fast presentation, swim baits, uh, jerk baits, you know, big swim baits. I mean, they like it all. So when you look at these lures, um, and, and, you know, and I think of it in terms of any fishery, really, but you've got, you know, the fish is designed in a certain way, right? They've had a certain amount of evolutional development, right, that, that makes them a sight predator, a scent predator, or a reactionary predator of some sort. With, with the lures that you use, are is the how much of a of a variable is the color and our smallmouth bass do they have any kind of scent uh sensitivity at all yeah so i'm a very firm believer of matching the hatch um especially with finicky clear water smallmouth you know they they are very visual that's the thing about smallmouth very very visual if something isn't right or if it's off they will not eat it so you have to be as man i matching the hatch is basically the biggest thing you know and and like you said like sensitivity their lateral line is very very sensitive so they can feel and kind of know what's going on around them from a very long distance away um you will see a smallmouth come from 40 feet of water and come hit something shoot up wow. off the bottom 40 feet and come <laughs> hit wow. something off. That's amazing. I mean, it has, yeah. They have no problem. And they make it and they make it there like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking like a second and they're from 40 feet to the top. So. Wow. Well, that would explain why, yeah. I mean, their, their reputation, you know, precedes them and that for even such a small uh, fish, their ability to uh, put a bend on a rod is pretty impressive and how hard they fight. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, big fish, you know, small fish. So my experience on a few different bodies of water over the years chasing smallmouth I either find lakes that have a lot of them, like the one in my backyard, and they're of a, you know, smaller proportion in size, a lot of, lot of small ones, maybe a one and two pounder here and there. Um, so what's a day on the water with you uh, like if I'm out there chasing smallmouth with you? Are we going after a lot of fish and the numbers are high and the fish are, you know, okay, average size or small? Or are we going to uh, put in some time and go after big fish and, and hopefully catch a few? Well, um, the way I like to see it is we're going after big fish and a lot of them. So <laughs> hell yeah, that, that's my style. That is, that is okay. my style, and yeah. that's how I go. Uh, I approach it. I put myself on the biggest schools of fish, and we go to town on them. So Perfect. that's you know I don't I don't waste too much time chasing the dinks. I mean you can you can go and beat the banks and catch a ton of fish throwing tubes, jigs, you know, just your normal bank fish and stuff. Yeah, but. Uh, you get you if you find the right schools and you're on the right schools, it's it's not much dragon. I'll, I'll tell you that much. I mean, they're they're chasing these big ones like to chase and they like to eat big meals. So I like your style, Joey. That's yeah, great. So, hey, before fact. we let you go, any openings and how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, we got we got some openings. Um, I'm not sure what, you know, the other guys are doing. I know they're pretty booked up with the with your guys' silvers and all that. So, <laughs> and the co-host, uh, Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, but other than that, you know, go to real time, realtimefishing.com and book a trip. There should be an option there that you click on door shack and all the information is there. It's pretty easy. So, or you can give Toby White a call. So 
Awesome. And all that all that information is online. So fantastic. Perfect. I am uh, I'm very glad you joined up with Toby uh, in his operation there, real time fishing. It's a solid outfit. I mean, he's really uh, branched out to a number of things, and you as well as a lot of the other guys that work for him flat out produce. And if people want to get an opportunity to get onto some of these smallmouth, and to me it sounds pretty intriguing. So mm-hmm. I may have to give my buddy John Albrecht a call there in Idaho, come crash at his place, and then come meet up with you and uh, go hit door track. That'd be phenomenal. So uh, great to have you on, man. It, it was a pleasure. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. Right yeah, on. have a good okay. one. Yep, take care. Joey Walton, everybody, professional guy there, real-time fishing. Uh, you can also email him at walton265 at gmail.com. So, uh Pretty pretty special fishery over there. That's quotable right there. Joey said, we're going to go after the big fish in a lot, a lot of them. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes. You're like, that's my yes. guy right there, right? Yeah. Love his attitude, man. Love it. And I can tell, you get out on a boat with that dude, and I just may have to go. Oh, yeah. I... I want to go fish with the, him. The fishiness was coming through the TV oh, yeah. right there. Passion. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Yep. It's like when you talk to people about tuna yeah. or halibut. Yeah, I could tell, on, man, for or sure. Or me talking to people about kokanee. You yep. can see the passion. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. That was anyway. awesome. All right, man. We're going to jump out for a quick break. Tommy, we come back. We are going to have a uh, down and very detailed discussion on uh, let's find some success out here on the ocean for halibut. A few of you have been struggling. This man here in the studio with me has been working hard, but finding them. How's he getting it done, Mr. Consistent? Well, we come back right here at Fish on Northwest. All Defiance boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why all boats are backed with a lifetime warranty. All Defiance boats come standard with large fish boxes that are fully insulated so that you can ice your fish properly all day. All Defiance boats are foam flotation filled and unsinkable for the ultimate in safety while fishing offshore. Before you buy any boat, stop by or call Defiance boats today to ensure you are getting the very best glass boat your money can buy. All right, welcome back here, Fishing Northwest. Uh, Tommy is so in our backyard, so to speak, out here on the ocean, mm-hmm. your beloved Nia Bay. You, uh, once again, finally, because we got through all the COVID stuff, you're able to get back to the place you're so passionate about. Yeah. You know, the, the CQ thing was okay, but that extra 28 miles we're putting on the boat, yeah. that's a no point. Honestly. It was tough. I, got, I, I do want to say that the people at CQ, I mean, hospitality oh my gosh. was just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, there at Olson's love. I just absolutely love the people that was I had a a great experience there Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, there is an additional 14 miles each way Mm -hmm. just to get from CQ to uh, Wada Island there off Nia Bay and uh, Unfortunately that 14 miles is is filled with debris and flotsam and logs and all sorts of stuff too. So it's also water. it's also a minefield. It is. Yeah, the wind can get going in there too <laughs> in the straits. So yep. Um, absolutely love CQ, but yes, I am back at Nia Bay. Um, yeah, last time I was there before this year was 2019. So yeah, that says a lot. And uh, you know, yeah, tip our cap to uh, the folks and Olson's everybody else there at uh, at uh, CQ because yep. they took that all on, man. They when did. It was closed down for a couple of years. We blew the doors off oh, that place. The there were so people, many boats was, in that marina. It was a buzz, no doubt about yeah. it. So you're back. Uh, you're fishing same waters. It's just a different method and route of getting there, right? That's right. But once we land yeah. on those halibut grounds, look, you are Captain Tommy Donlin, Mister Consistent this mm-hmm. season is what I'm calling you, and. So there's a method to your madness. Uh, you make it clear to everybody that tunes in, and we'll let it be known from time to time, hope is not a plan. Hope is not a plan. We are not leaving the dock right. hoping to catch halibut. Right. We are leaving the dock with the intent on catching halibut. That's right. Right? That's right. And um, we're going to get our lings. We're going to uh, get some bottom fish and whatnot, too, and some rock bat, whatever. But 
We're focused on halibut, halibut, halibut. Once we get all the halibut, we'll mm -hmm. go play with some other stuff. We're going to catch those lingcod in the process. Right. They share, share similar ground as we alluded to last week, yep. right? So, yep. which is all fine and good. But look, we've discussed it the last few weeks. The the mean average uh, this season, looking at 17 pound average on your yep. halibut. Okay. Pretty small. I don't think you've brought a 17 pounder to the dock. No, absolutely not. You're right. No, no, no. So no. It, that doesn't happen. So uh, for every trip out. You are bringing, you know, halibut home, mm -hmm. and they're they're consistently decent size, and you're working for them. You're finding them when others aren't. How? What is your approach? How are we continuously finding mm -hmm. these these higher grade halibut and being able to bring those home versus others even getting blanked? Yeah, and so I would just say that I have fished halibut every year consistently since 2006. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, and then before that, I was in college. <laughs> and then before that, I was in high school. So I oh, didn't there was that, yeah. So there was yeah. that. Um, but I will say that, you know, if you've been struggling, um, I totally get it, and you're not alone. Um, this is probably the toughest year off of our coast for halibut that I have ever seen um, since I started fishing halibut back in 2006. And so, um, you know, what I would say is that there's a lot of, you know, well-known spots offshore that, always produce and this year they are just not producing or it's extremely slow mm. like you can grind it all day and you might get your halibut um, or you might not and so you know my my first piece of advice is that if you're in a spot that's really not holding a biomass of halibut and let's face it there's some spots offshore where when those halibut, halibut migrate into that area you're, you're just going to catch them you know and I think the thing is is that those halibut aren't there yet i think they're starting to show up more and more okay um so i think the first part is you got to cover ground right so uh i think when we had you on board a few weeks ago right we hit seven different spots and there was uh, a couple drastic moves um drastic meaning you know more than 10 mile moves oh yeah from one spot to another yeah, yeah. um to try to find that and so you know i guess the second thing i would say is that you can you can have a micro move Right, so I could I could be in 500 feet of water and be experiencing horrible fishing, and I move into 700 feet of water and I'm experiencing really good fishing. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. I could be at uh, one side of the canyon. I think one of the moves that we did, we were on one side of the canyon, not really that good of fishing. Mm -hmm. We moved across to the other side of the canyon, and and boom, fish, 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 yeah. fish. Mm -hmm. Right, and so you don't it's not necessarily about moving like leaps and bounds. Sure. Um, it could be a matter of literally hundreds of yards. But if you're not seeing what you want to see on your sonar, I would say I rely, and then you know, I rely heavily on sonar. Yep. Um, and you think, oh, but you're halibut fishing, aren't you spot fishing? And it's like, well, yeah, but I want to know, like, do those halibut have the feed that they need on that particular spot to do well? Am I seeing that bait on the bottom, that, that bottom feed layer? Or is it just a blank screen and I'm just staring at a, at a bottom and that's it, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't be afraid to move. Know your bottom. And then the other thing that I think people do poorly, and, uh, you know, I do an okay job. I'm not going to say I'm the best in the world, but something that everybody should do is keep a log, okay? Mm -hmm. You should keep a fish log. And that, that really goes for whether you're fishing halibut, you know, or fishing salmon. But what that log is going to do for you is you're going to start to be able to pick out trends. Yep. And, um, you know, I've been able to see some really clear tidal trends associated with the fishing this year, um, with the outgoing being better than the incoming or the flood. And so what and that tells you... Have you documented that before? Are you comparing that with previous seasons to go, 
oh, well, it's in this tide sequence, and yeah. we landed on some fish during this tide, and it produced once again. You definitely see that correlation, yeah, yeah. for sure. And the other thing is, is that you got to have current, right? So if you don't have current, if you're not moving the boat, you're not going to, it's, it, the bite's going to be really slow. Right. And so if you are in a spot and you're not catching halibut, but you're also drifting at 0.2 knots, I would tell you that there could very well be halibut there, but you're not catching them because the bite's just not on. Mm -hmm. And so that's the other thing to the remember is that GPS coordinates are not magic. You can go to a GPS coordinate where you've caught halibut before, but if you don't have that current or those conditions or that, that feed layer, um, it's very possible that you're just not going to catch fish there at that point in time. Um, now you give it two more hours and the tide starts moving and the fish start biting and that happens too. Yeah. So you, you really got to keep that log in order to know whether or not, you know, Hey, do I stick and stay and make it pay? Or do I move on to another spot and mm -hmm. see what's at that other spot? And, um, and so you just, you do have to pay attention to your current, your sonar, right? There's multiple inputs into your brain as the captain that you have to account for when you're trying to make a determination where I halibut fish. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I would say this year is that there's fish, there's, there's a handful of fish everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's a few spots where there's a pretty good biomass of fish and they take some work to find. Um, what I would tell you is that, you know, not, not naming spots or anything, but I know that if you do go to Big Salmon Fishing Resort in Nia Bay, there is a gentleman there by the name of Mr. Michael Lawrence, Boo, a.k.a. Boo, and <laughs> yep. he, he likes to tell everybody where to fish. He okay? does. So I will say if you're in Nia Bay and you want some help, uh, he will help you day in and day out, which is really cool. Uh, super awesome family with the Lawrence family. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I will say is that with fishing, you know, it appears that the biomass that's available to us, now they could be at 1,000 feet, 800 feet, you know, I don't really know, but for for most of this this uh, these halibut that we're trying to get, right, you're trying to make the best of your opportunity, and there's only a handful of fish in a given area. You got to have a perfect bait. You got to have a perfect rig, and um, you know I think I've covered it a few times in the bait lab as you to how it. how I rig my lures, and I will tell you right now that there is a revision, a design change coming to the way I rig my lures, and I will tell you why. Oh. Uh, last trip out, we hooked the largest halibut that I have ever hooked in my life, okay? Now, here's something I will tell you. When you hook a halibut, there are, you know, a couple indicators that tell you how large the fish is. And if you think about the way a halibut swims, it swims, right, on its flat side, right? And so when a halibut swims and his head comes up, what happens to your rod tip? Rod tip goes up. Yep. Head goes down. Yep. Rod tip goes down. We had one on that basically actuated the rod from completely unloaded, straight as a board, to buried in rod tip in the water. Really? Okay. On the edge halibut rod. Yeah. Up and down, right? And when that and that fish dumped that reel. And then the angler had a little bit too tight a drag. I so it's it's kind of a it's kind of a a misnomer that you got to he go heavy drag on halibut. That's not true. Sure. Um, they're not going to crawl into a rock with their flat body. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and so I actually like to not not a loose drag, mm -hmm. but um, but not but not super heavy drag. Yeah. Now I will tell you that there is uh, there's a key to this. When you first get the bite and you hook the halibut, you got to stick it to them. You got to stick it in their face as hard as you can. Mm -hmm. It's like doing a power clean into their face. You got to jerk the rod. <laughs> I like to thumb the reel yeah. when I do it. And yeah. that way, you know, you're no sticking slippage, right? no slippage. Yeah. You want that hook to penetrate their jaw. 
after that, after you got them hooked, you want to play. You want to play that fish. However long it takes to get that fish in. Mm -hmm. um, that big one, unfortunately, the drag on the reel was too tight. When you add strain to the line, and then you think about a halibut, and this is another thing I'll tell you as to why I know this fish was well in excess of 120 pounds. Mm -hmm. My leaders are approximately two and a half feet in length, okay? Oh, did you get some good stretch? No, oh. no, no, no. So two and a half feet in length, right? I've got my hooks down here. I've got uh, oversized hoochie, 12 inch hoochie and I've got a bait and I've got some spacer beads in there and I've got a cheater yep. and then I've got um, basically that length and so and then the rest of it is your is your leader right mm -hmm. maybe another foot to 18 inches mm -hmm. okay when that halibut ate that thing ate that whole rig and snapped it off I only had six inches of leader left on the entire thing really he swallowed that leader all the way up to six inches of leader left below the swivel. Interesting. And then with the drag too tight uh -huh. and him running, yeah. snap the line. So Cut it as I'm looking at some, I'll just tell you, there's some beautiful uh, pneumatic uh, pressure line that uh, is used in marlin lure creation. Oh, there you go. That my buddy in Hawaii showed me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to be ordering some of that, and that will not happen again. Is that right? That's right. That's so we're going to do, we'll do a Bay Lab. I'll kind of walk you through what it is. But interesting. Um, there's some, there's definitely still some big fish out there too. But, but you know, all in all, um, that's kind of the breakdown. Take, take notes, travel, know your tides, and you got to have a perfect bait. Yeah. A perfect bait perfect scent right i mean you know i'm pretty religious with uh, mm -hmm. the potskis uh rockfish and halibut nectar and i you know even before i met you i was using that mm -hmm. stuff right and that that has just stayed with me for years and years and years and so when i brine my baits it's it's that yep. and then it's also their fire brine yep. and um to be honest with you i just like you know the clear mm -hmm. right yep. and of course the uh the potskis halibut nectar is is pink yep. right and then uh, if, depending on the bait, I might add a little bit of rock salt. But other than that, that's it. That's it? Yep. Toughen them up and uh, yep. get some good scent on them. That's so, right. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a reason you're consistent because your program is consistent. You have an approach. You have a plan. And yep. uh, you don't take it to chance, right? It's like you go out there knowing where you're going to go, first drop, second drop, third drop, all the way up to seventh drop if that's what it takes. Mm -hmm. But we're coming back to the dock with halibut, and that's something to be said. So, yeah. Uh, Excellent. Well, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for the intel. Well, I hope uh, hope folks appreciate that. All right, we are going to jump out for a quick break. We come back, got some openings and some closings. Remind you about the uh, Fish Expo coming up. A few more things before we get out of here. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this break right here, Fish on Northwest. A Northwest favorite for almost 40 years. Arima boats are manufactured with pride in Bremerton, Washington. All Arima boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why Arima boats are backed with a lifetime warranty. Arima can offer every boat with Honda outboard packages so that you can take advantage of the reliability and five-year top-to-prop warranty from your Honda outboard. Call or stop by Arima boats today and let them help you get into your very next boat. All right, welcome back here to the show as we wind it down. Thomas, a few things going on. We always look forward to openings, not so much on the closings, right? Yeah, that's for sure. We want opportunity. Before we jump there, hey, I want to remind everybody, Fish Expo 2023 is coming up. You don't want to miss this. It's going to be a great event. 
two-day event. I've uh, been working with Ryan Elwell over there at Mission Outdoors. They're signing mm -hmm. on now. They're going to be here this awesome. year. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, lots to look forward to there. It's Saturday and Sunday, June 17th and 18th, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, plenty of vendors on hand with all types of tackle and things that will interest you throughout the industry. Lots of things to uh, come and see and do. Talk to folks, vendors, uh, yeah, food trucks, beer garden. Um, the kids will have a trout pond there for the duration of the weekend, which is always fun. Uh, Saturday evening concert featuring our buddy Dakota Porman. Yes, sir. It's taking the stage. Going to be a great concert, about three hours or so. Nice way to relax. Mission Outdoors now is signed on. They're going to be there with us, uh, helping promote the event and hanging out and promoting everything they do for our veterans, which is real important. So you see us doing a lot with Mission Outdoors as of late. We're going to continue mm -hmm. to do so and would like you folks to uh, take some time, get to know. They're going to have veterans in the booth helping them out, you know, talking to people, Tommy. So awesome. that's always good. Um, we'll be there. Fish on Northwest, we got the biggest booth going, selling tons of swag. Shing's doing a knockout job. We'll have all of our inventory there for people to come and pick through and uh, purchase and help support to keep this thing on the rails and keep it going. Um, going to have the uh, going to have the Mustang there. Defiance Marine will oh, be yeah. there. They want to have the boat there. Now, be careful when you get up in there and walk around, Tommy, because... Push as many buttons as you can. Yeah, and you're going to want to step out of that thing and <laughs> probably purchase one. So you gotta be, true. Yeah, be careful. You're just going to fall in love with it. So Make uh, sure you test everything. Yes, yeah. Well, the batteries will be off, so we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you better, better disconnect them, too. <laughs> <laughs> better, better just take them out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably wise. Get some, uh, get some gadget dude there signed, uh, hooking everything up to his phone. That's and right, it all that's on. right. So, anyway, the boat would be there. People love to check out that boat how we have it set up for fishing because it's so functional and trust me when you when you check out an allied for the first time you're going to be blown away mm -hmm. it is a well-built machine so lots to see and do would love to see you all come out and help support larry stamp and rods and reels and need for all the work they're putting into this fish on northwest and all the other vendors that are going to be there it's a great uh venue it's at the thurston county fairgrounds plenty of parking for everyone and uh, it's going to be a good time so hope to see you all there uh, speaking of some openings, Tommy, the Columbia is slated to finally reopen as it was uh, originally intended to do so. And then they tried to extend that Spring Chinook fishery, mm -hmm. which would have then dovetailed right into the recognized summer opener. Yeah. So we're going to get to go back fishing for salmon to include Chinook, sockeye, summer steelhead on the Columbia River. Uh, it will open June 16th through the 31st. Then it just rolls right into August and we get the buoy tent fishery and whatnot. Um, in the ocean fisheries, but uh, basically from the Astoria Megler Bridge all the way up to 395 Bridge at Pasco uh, and to Richland and Priest Rapid Dam. So the whole stretch is going to be open and the fish should be moving in and it looks like that Chinook fishing could turn back on. It could be pretty darn good. Yeah, hopefully so. And the Wenatchee River is also going to be open for Hatchery Spring Chinook and uh, we've got June 9th to June 30th for those dates. And it's, uh, you know, this is one of those things where I, I read these, I read these regulations and I go, you got to be a lawyer. So here's, here they are, right? Daily limit three, minimum size, 12 inches. You got to release everything else, but you got to keep the first three that you catch, right? Hatchery. Hatchery, non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. You must retain. Uh, must retain. Right? Them. Yep. Must retain them. Yep. Um, and then of course. Motorized vessels are not allowed not on, on the Wenatchee River, river no, no. right? Um, and, of course, those two pole endorsements, you can't use those either. Not on that river. Night closure is in effect, yeah, right? That is true, yeah. Right? And yep. so it's they basically allow you one hour before 
sunrise to mm -hmm. one hour after mm -hmm. sunset. Mm -hmm. And so just a laundry list of regulations, but it is an opportunity. It is a great opportunity. And along with your three hatchery Chinook you get to retain, you also selective gear rules in effect for this, except for bait. Mm -hmm. uh, bait is allowed. It is a spring Chinook fishery. So thank goodness for that. And up to three single point barbless hooks per line. And of course, we emphasize using a knotless net. Yep. So, but right. three hooks. A lot of places it's two. Yep. In some places it's one. And when you're yep. using bait, so you got to get a little crafty on uh, how right. you how you rig that. Bait and if you go to line. Canada, you can use as many hooks as you want, but you can only fish one lure per line. <laughs> oh, yeah. you gotta love it yeah hey but yep. that's not the only opportunity yeah, we right got more, we got man. we got ocean coming up yep. um which is is my forte where i like to spend my time and uh kicks off next weekend june 17th out of lapush and nia bay marine areas three and four uh open up and then uh Iwako and westport marine areas one and two open june 24th and you know i just gotta say um you know, we got guys like Dave Johnson in our corner. Yeah. And and because we have guys like that that represent the sport fishing community, um, we are going seven days a week in Marine Area 2. How about that? Which is just, it's absolutely phenomenal. This will yeah. be the second year that we've done that. Yes. And it's been a really uh, hard-fought fight for, for Dave and others to get to this point. Yep. And if it wasn't for the relationships that he had um, with the charter fleet, in Westport and Iwako, it would never happen. So there's a lot of credit goes to Dave for being able to provide the opportunity that we actually do receive. And so when you look at the quotas, right, area one, 11,490 for Schnook, and then the coho quota is 79,800. Uh, 79, yeah, These are big coho 000. numbers this year, by oh, the way, huge. folks. So, I mean, if you don't know how to catch salmon or you don't think you know how to catch salmon, Go to, go to Westport, go to Nia Bay, go to La Push, go to Owaco. If you put a line in the water in 180 feet, 120, 180 feet of water, you're going to hit a coho. You're going to get something. Right? You yeah. can't you can't not you troll can't something miss. and catch a fish, I yeah. promise you. Yeah. I don't even think you need to go that deep. I, I don't think Last so. Last time is this insane. I was going down like 35 feet. I was fishing light right. rods. Downriggers right. were stowed. Yep. I was dropping six ounces off the back and throwing it out there with a 360. You could barely get it dropping, and they'd hit it on the drop. You know, that's that's the program. And a lot of times when we fish out of Nia Bay, we go up to Swiftshire Bank. Yeah. You can't even get your downrigger release clip back because a coho's got it in his mouth. Okay? <laughs> yes. I'm serious. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're just like, yeah. they're like pests. Oh, yeah. It's like, doggone, I'm trying to get down to the Chinook, right? right? Doggone right. coho grabbing the clip. And, yeah, Herzog says, Toe it, or uh, troll a tennis shoe. You'll still catch them, right? Yeah. So, so hey, what do we have for a Westport quota? So, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a... Uh, well, first of all, opening June 24th uh, through September 30th, and again, open seven days a week, right, yeah, for phenomenal. coho. So a little later start, but it's because it's coho. Uh, remember now, the Chinook minimum size is 22 inches, and with coho, it can be down to 16. Yep. Not that you're going to have to worry about keeping those. No. You're going to have plenty of opportunity. No. Uh, you must release all wild coho. Now, that one there, again, strikes me kind of interesting with the numbers coming back. Mm -hmm. And last year, they eventually kind of morphed into that, hey, just keep the first two, and they opened that yep. up for a few weeks or whatever. I was very uh, curious coming out north of Falcon that they didn't have anything on that mm -hmm. going into this year, but that's not to say they may not do an in-season management or some they type may. of alternative. They may. So we'll, we'll watch for that. But, um, hey, you got uh, 17,210 uh, Chinook, and we got uh, almost 60,000 coho in the quota, which is yeah. pretty substantial, right? Yeah, and yeah we're is. fishing seven days a week, so um, yeah, hatchery fish only. Once yeah. we get further inside, once we get into Grays Harbor, mm -hmm. you know, which is area two, 2.2, and whatnot, you get into Grays Harbor, 
It's full on, man. Yeah. Hatchery Wild. Game time. Doesn't two, matter. Two fish limit September 15th through November 30th. Mm -hmm. Two fish limit. Hatchery Whack and stack them. It's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. And then we got pretty healthy quotas up in Marine Area 3 and 4, too. So for 3, which is really La Push, yep. uh, you know, the overall Schnook uh, quota is uh, 1,590. Coho is 4,150. And then out of Area 4, it's uh, 8710 for Schnook and uh, 16600 for Coho. And you got to remember, too, there's just a lot less pressure up there. Yeah. You know, Westport and Owaco definitely received the, the bulk of the pressure. Yeah. So, yeah, the you know, the quotas may be a little bit lower, but uh, but relative to other quotas that we've had in, in recent years, uh, those are good numbers, and we're going to have uh, – should have a really good season. We really should. Well, you know what? Let me take that back. Oh. We are going to have a good season. <laughs> and, and the reason that I know yes. that – is because I've been bottom fishing along the coast of Nia Bay, mm -hmm. and I have kings following up my halibut gear and my lingcod gear. So I know we're going to have a good season because I've already seen the fish You're because they come right up to the boat. Yeah. So um, it's going to be good. Really looking forward to it. I just, uh, we're going to have so much opportunity out there. Just, you know, how far you want to drive? Where, where do you want to go to catch your fish, right? Because right. you're going to be there. You're going to, uh, once this... Once the salmon opens, you're gonna you're on combo trips out there. You're gonna go like salmon or bottom fish exclusive each indoor day. Or are you gonna pack all the year and do double down? Or what do you think? So, so typically, what I do now this so this year is definitely unique because uh, reminder, Nia Bay and La Push have gone to four days a week for halibut. So Thursday yeah. through Sunday, it's open. Yeah, it's open. It's not the Thursday Saturday thing or the this day that day thing. It's Thursday through Sunday. It's open. It's wide open. Um, and if you're offshore chasing salmon on the prairie or places like Blue Dot, it makes a lot of sense. You're already there. Drop down and get your halibut, your lean cod, and then go fish for salmon. Why so if you? you're gonna if you're gonna burn the fuel, yep. you might as well come home with all three species. I agree, yeah. and uh, look forward to that opportunity. Uh, let's see, we got some guys on here asking. You know, we got a lot of stuff going on, and uh, what just maybe? Oh, a few more. Pounds of the killer shrimp recipe, <laughs> absolutely. I asked it if we're going to be over there at Brewster, and yes, we are. Uh, we'll see you there, figuring out the dates as we go. Don't know if Tommy's going to be able to take any time off because I'll probably do a midweek deal, and mm -hmm. you know, work. I will not be there, but work is kind of important. So yeah, um, yeah. I like I the circus that is Brewster. That is very interesting. It was a fun time last yeah. year, huh? Are you going to be able to fish this year? Or are you going to be a boat driver? Mm, I guess we'll find out. It depends. You're going to have to talk to Mister. Uh, I got the same crew going. You got? Oh, it's going to be. I'm going to miss you guys. You're going to have to bring me in on. Uh, yeah. On, on Zoom or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll probably drive the boat and let you yeah. know Richie and Bobby and. Uh, uh, is Britain gone? Britain's gone. Oh, Awesome. I'm actually going to rely on awesome. Brent to run camera because Matt's running charter, so he can't make it. So I'll just say, right. Brent, a little shout out. You'll be uh, running camera. And <laughs> I don't know if Jordan can take a couple of days off work, but uh, if he can't go, his boss can probably go. So there you go. <laughs> you know, there you go. Big JB on over there. Anyway, that's a fun fishery, man. I it mean, really it really is. Uh, obviously, it's it's flat water, obviously, because you know you're you're in the river. I mean, you, you do get wind, I guess, time to time, but it's, wait it's, a second, it's flat. Do you remember when we pulled in there last? Yeah, year? I consider that flat. Okay, I consider that flat. I well, for that particular fishery and. For us just rolling into town, the lightning storms, it started the fires all around us on the way in and how blustery it was. And then we got the boat in the water and it was. That's, that's part of the challenge though. That, that was great. You just, you got to overcome it. Did and you notice we, and we you did. and I, you and I were the only ones on the back deck. Yes. Trying to get the gear out. Right. With the white caps and the wind and get blown the boat, all over. The boat was pointed I'm this like, way and the. the we're drifting this way. We're running 4,000 RPM like, on the kicker going this way, but I the boat's going the boat, this way. Just get the gear out, Dwayne. I'm like, I'm on it. And then we're back there. We actually put our <laughs> rain gear on. Yeah. And nobody else brought rain gear. Right. These Wenatchee boys. So they're all yeah. huddled in the cabin. Right. And With I their think, special coffee. I think yeah. Britton, uh, he, he pulled his thumb out of his mouth and said, Did you bring a heater? <laughs> 
Yes. So, oh, I'm gonna miss that trip, man. I, I love those guys. It's a good time. Yeah. So, is yeah. Richie going? Is Richie going too? Richie's going. Yeah. Yeah, that'll yep. be a great trip. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. Yep. We'll be over there for a few days and uh, definitely put some uh, put some uh, sockeye in the freezer and you know tussle with a king or two. But gonna be a good time. Yeah, you're gonna be missed. Uh, the fact yeah. you can't make it. I'll but be calling you. We'll uh, we'll make it happen. We may try to do the live stream thing again, though that somewhat failed miserably last year. But we'll see what we can do. So, uh, all right, man. A lot of fun tonight. Lots of uh, content covered. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. Um, what do we got going next week? Uh, yeah, we're here. Yeah. And Friday is setting up for Expo, and then mm-hmm. march on into Father's Day weekend. That's right. We're gonna yep. have a good time with that. So, yep. yeah. Okay, we will be back here next Thursday, 6 p.m. Right out at the old studio right here, probably. See if Matt can get it all edited together. We may have a Ooh. Deepwater Ling episode to watch. He's going to be busy. Yeah. Running charter and editing video. The guy didn't know what he signed up for. Yeah. So yep. anyway. All right. We will uh, We'll be back here next Thursday. Invite all your friends. Appreciate you uh, supporting us and enjoying the content. Uh, be relevant on our social media pages. Post your pictures. Get those kids out fishing. Share your photos and content with us. We love to help put that out there and show your success and uh, have a great weekend man weather's going to be beautiful go out there and chase something have a good time so going to do it for us this week right here at the studio have a great weekend fish on northwest hey thanks for joining us here on the fish on northwest weekly podcast i want to remind everyone that you can catch our weekly live stream show on our facebook page and of course our youtube channel every thursday evening at 6 p.m west coast time You'll get our insightful in-studio interviews, our extremely detailed how-to segments in the bait lab, the infield segments we bring to you when we're on the water or in the woods, and of course, our amazing cooking recipes in the kitchen with co-host Sherry England and chef Jeff Maxfield. Give us a follow on our Facebook page at Fish Hunt Northwest. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fish Hunt NW. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, and finally, Go to our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com for all the latest and greatest info. Join us each week here on our podcast. Join us each week at our live production. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.